Crossover Podcast, a show where you get comics, pop culture, and sports, and get ready for a lot of sports talk, because we're pretty much just going to be talking about the NHL, and we're going to be breaking down a little bit of what happened in the play-in round, uh, talk about what's going forward, talking about uh, the draft lottery, and uh, perhaps some things to come uh, for certain teams in the National Hockey League today. Joining me today is Craig Needles. Craig Needles, could you please uh, confirm that you're on this podcast, and that this is indeed the Crossover Podcast? <laughs> this is the logo of the Crossover Podcast. <laughs> what a why was that necessary? Were they just like? I don't understand, but my uh, a friend of mine, a guy that I know, tweeted out that yeah. uh, uh, it's actually a good exercise for Gary Bettman because he doesn't like hockey. That's so true. good to know that he knows the logo of at least eight of the teams. That's a great joke. That's a great joke. I think it was I think it was Down Goes Brown uh, who who tweeted. Um, Something like, well, let's see if he can do. He can get the other ones too, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make sure or something along those lines. All right, he's yeah, got great. the first eight, but let's see if he can get the other uh, the other twenty five here. Like, yeah. there's <laughs> yeah, that was a great tweet by Sean. That was a great tweet. Um, yeah. Um, NHL man, wild, wild couple of weeks. Just absolutely insane. Where would you like to start? You want to go draft? You want to go qualifying round? You just, just want to rip the, the ba- you just want to rip the bandaid off and get under the Leafs. All right. Um, where to start? Okay, Leafs. The the, I I would say that the vitriol today, uh, from what I was reading on social media and and just talking to to various Leafs fans, I didn't know it it seems to be that like I I think Dubas seems to be taking. Uh, most of the heat and I I just look at this and I just go you shot goddamn 2% over five games and it was just now uh, I would add Mm -hmm. that you're right about the 2% Uh, that certainly is unlucky and Sheldon Keith said that in the post game Mm -hmm. however this was a team that was up and down all season Mm -hmm. and a five game cold shooting percentage run uh, five on five does not eliminate that so i think i'm somewhere in between the blow the whole thing up and everything is fine mm-hmm. i'm like i here's what i would say mm-hmm. i look at the roster and to me if you don't wear numbers 34 91 or 8 i'm willing to discuss you being moved this offseason yeah the most the most popular move uh move this offseason amongst the fan base i think will be marner or nylander for some sort of defense move, and right? i will say that i'd rather trade marner yeah, I might well, get more for Nylander, but I'd yeah. rather trade Marner. Well, I think I think you get about the same, and and Marner I think would would fetch a lot of uh, would would fetch a lot. I mean, obviously Dubas attempted to um, Dubas famously attempted to, or infamously, I guess at this point, uh, attempted to address that defensive issues that the Leafs had last year with that uh, little Tyson the Berry for Kadri thing, which the, yeah. Has, has is going to go in books as a pretty significant loss. I think so. I mean, especially given the fact that Nazem Kadri had one of the most team-friendly contracts on the planet. That's still there. You go. He only he only had, like the argument for trading at the time was well, you only have two years left of Kadri at uh, mm-hmm. at four point five. Yeah. So you take one year of Barry at two mm-hmm. for two point whatever for two years of Kadri at four point five plus you get Kerfoot. That was the argument. 
Um, and Kerfoot was Barry, great for you guys, and I like Kerfoot. I was sad yeah, when Kerfoot's he got fine. Yeah. Kerfoot, but he's not Nazem Kadri, no. and he's not even close to Nazem Kadri. Whereas when Nazem Kadri goes out there, he can be the best player on his line, and that line is good. Mm-hmm. That's, That's not like. the case with Alex Kerfoot. As an Alex Kerfoot is a Alex Kerfoot's a nice complimentary player, mm-hmm. but if he's the best player on his line, I think that line's going to have a tough time. Yeah. That's true. And as an Avalanche fan, I can just say it's, it's been a delight to uh, watch Nazem Kadri play. Um, He's a perfect second-line center. Oh, it's, very, it's, very, very good second-line yeah. center. I just remember when the trade, when that trade went down at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of, like, there were a lot of Kyle Dubas pulling down Joe Sackick's pants jokes from Leafs fans. I just remember that. It was, it was a lot of, like, oh, dude. I, there was one tweet that I remember, which was something like, okay, uh, you give me Barry for Cadre, and then you give me Kerfoot, and I'll teach you how to use spreadsheets. Right? Was was like was like that. Like I remember a couple of tweets like that, and I was just like, but you, like you and I came on this pod when that when that um, trade happened, and we said and it looked decent for both teams. It was what? Yeah, we I believe we said this is one of those rare trades where it makes like beyond perfect sense for both teams. The Leafs needed a playmaking puck, like puck moving up offensive defense, right side defenseman, right side defenseman as well. And the avalanche needed a guy on the second line. That was not a third liner, right? Like they, they needed forward depth. And then they went out and they added Donskoy and they got, they traded for Kadri and now they're, they're humming and look and look like one of the title contenders for sure. I think, but uh, like, yeah, it just it looked like a great trade, and it's just I don't know I don't know what it was with Barry if he just got there and just like the weight of the I don't know if it was just the pressure for the Leafs or just maybe he got there and he didn't gel with Babcock right away or just I I, I don't know what it was and uh, and it just for whatever reason it just it just did not click and I would say Tyson Barry in a contract year, boy he's not getting Tyson Barry cost himself some money with his yeah. play this year. Because here's the thing about Tyson Berry. He's a guy who could have cashed in a reputation this summer. Mm-hmm. Well, I say this summer, but it's yeah. not that you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's a guy who could have cashed in a reputation. But when your worst season comes in the season where, let's be honest, you're watched by way, way, way more people than way you ever would be if you played for the Col- yeah. yeah, than you ever would be if you played for Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's gonna hurt your value. And let's not also forget that the salary cap is going to be flat, which, um is a win for the NHLPA that it's not going down. Basically, that was the NHL's bribe to the NHLPA. Hey, if you do this bubble thing for us, we're going to not touch the salary cap for two years, which is essentially an offer that the NHLPA couldn't refuse. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it that's I, I don't know what his market looks like this summer. I really don't. And he might have to do a one-year type of prove-it deal I've, with somebody. I have a prediction. I have a prediction. Tyson Berry returns to the Colorado Avalanche on a one year prove it deal, like a like a one for three or something like a one year three three million dollar deal or something like that, and he is on the Avalanche next year as like the fourth best defenseman. That's that's what I think. I, I was acquainting it to like I don't have the I don't have the way the the I don't have the, the, the graphic uh knowledge necessary to do this. But you know how when they, they take like movie clips and they add like the big head version of whoever from sports uh, onto that, I, I like it. To me, it's very much going to be the Dirk Diggler scene where Dirk Diggler comes back at the end of Boogie Nights and he's like, "Jack, can you please help me?" And then uh, you know, like brings him in, and, and it's just like he's like, "I'm sorry, I went away, man." But like, yeah, I just I'm I'm gonna make a prediction that Perry returns to the Avalanche on like a one year show me <laughs> deal, and uh, and hopefully it's like 
the defending Stanley Cup champions Avs, who are like, let's win it for Perry, <laughs> doing that whole thing, right, uh, to keep everybody motivated. Next, that's the dream scenario for me. But I, I, I still think I would be. I, I just, I really believe in in Barry's going to return to the Avalanche and be like in the. And, and if if like for like it's, it's like the 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 Earth is salted with the Maple Leafs, but yeah. if I cheer for some team other than the Leafs and they sign Tyson Barry on a one year four million dollar deal, mm-hmm. I'd be pretty excited about it. Yeah, like, oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, because obviously the like there's he had he is available. There's 31 teams, and I would I would wager there's only. Uh, one team that Tyson Berry would not consider signing with at that point. It would likely be the Toronto Maple Leafs. Any other team is... is yeah, now, here's the thing. I, I think that... Mm-hmm. Like, Barry said that he enjoyed playing a lot more once the coaching change happened, and that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, do I think that... I, I think that if if someone's going to say we're, like, the Tyson Berry... Like, the, it's the Leafs breaking up with Tyson Berry as opposed to Tyson Berry breaking up with the Leafs, if that yeah. makes sense. Oh, for sure, yeah. Because I think Tyson Berry might come back, but uh, we'll see. To Toronto, you mean? No, like if he was if he was asked, "Hey, do you want to come back to the Leafs?" He might say yes. Mm-hmm. I just don't think he's going to be asked. Oh yeah, okay, I can see that. Um, yeah, that'd be that'd be all right. I mean, I just like Leafs fans would not if if it was a. I, I would say that the sentiment on Twitter would not be good if it was like a one year four million, even if it was one for four million dollars or whatever year. It just seems like the fan base, um, the the larger part of the Leafs fan base. Yeah, and I think that people are demanding some wide scale changes. And here's the other thing with the, yeah. with wide scale changes. We talked about potential big moves here, mm-hmm. and I said the numbers of guys who aren't going to get moved are thirty four, yeah. ninety one, and eight. Yeah, because I just don't think you can move Muzzin because like. He, he, he's basically what the team needs, so you can't move him. Yeah, I wouldn't move Riley either. No, that doesn't I make any Riley sense. Riley unless you got a king's ransom. Yeah, that doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't make sense to me. Like if you if if and we'll get to the draft later, but if you guys had have gotten lucky and and the 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 ping pong balls had gone your way and it was uh, Lafreniere, you absolutely have to start trading people because you obviously you keep you don't trade the number one pick that doesn't make any sense based on the Leafs cap space you draft Lafreniere but then you have to move one of your big money guys because now right. you can afford that because you have Lafreniere on, on yeah. rookie contract. I still think you can afford it because yeah. we talked about guys who can be the best player on their line right mm-hmm. the Leafs have two guys that if they're the best player on your line like that's like they're two of the 10 best centers in the league, I think it's fair to say. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I think that Matthews, you could argue, is one of the three best centers, two best centers in the league. If you want to get really, if you want to get really into it, I think there's a, like, mm-hmm. I say this all the time. I think there's a pretty, and I know you disagree. There's a pretty good, uh, who, who's the second best hockey player in the world? I think that uh, there's several guys that can sort of, you know, come up and say, this is my argument as to why it's me. Yeah. Um, I think Matthews is one of those guys. Uh, Tavares is obviously an excellent player. So what you can do, what you hope to do, is just sort of spread out the depth a little bit, and you keep your first two lines almost as effective, even though you don't have a Marner or a Nylander there. And here's where it gets interesting with Marner. Mitch Marner's cap hit for the remainder of his contract is $10.893 million. However, if you are paying Mitch Marner to play hockey for you next season, after he gets his signing bonus... Next season, you owe Mitch Marner $750,000. The yearly price tag on Mitch Marner, as far as total salary goes, after next season, where you owe him $700,000, is 
10.3 million, 8 million, 8 million, 8 million. So if you're not a team that spends to the cap, all of a sudden that contract, especially in a year where maybe you're not selling hockey tickets, becomes a lot more valuable to you than a team with a license to print money like, say, oh, the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think that if there are teams that are not spending to the cap next season, Mitch Marner is a guy that will have a ton of appeal in the trade market, provided you do it after that $14.3 million signing bonus is paid out. Yeah, that, yeah that, that makes a ton of sense, obviously. I'm just, I'm like, I'm like... Leaving. I think that's the move. Yeah. And look, it, it, and I think that the relationship between Marner and the team soured a little bit with the contract negotiation. Mm-hmm. I think Aaron the more special. Yeah. 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 Uh, that's uh, um, I think that's the move. The move is Mitch. Sorry, man, but mm-hmm. you played hardball with us. Yeah. So you said it's a, for you it was a business type of thing. There are other guys on this roster, specifically Austin Matthews and John Tavares, who could have made more money if they played hardball, but didn't. And I think that. It's fair to say for Mitch, if it's a business for you, it's a business for us. Mm-hmm. So a biz, the business move for us is we've got to free up some space. We're going to move you. Okay. And he has uh, he has a no movement clause that doesn't kick in until 2023. I was just so. going to say, I just I just quickly Googled uh, Mitch Marner and if, if, if he's got a no trade clause and it doesn't kick in until the final two years. So if you're going to do it, you know, now might be the time. So there's, there's I'm just saying if, the, if you want to if you want to shake things up, that's a way to do it. Mm-hmm. What is does Nylander? Let me just quit. Does Nylander... Nylander's contract is structured not unlike Marner, and I'm thinking that Kyle Dubas and Brandon Brandon Pridham did this on purpose, mm-hmm. which is, hey, we're gonna give out some of these big money deals, but we're gonna make it so we have like trade options that make it easy for us to move the guy mm-hmm. several at several points through the through the contract. Mm-hmm. William Nylander, his base salary next season is two and a half million bucks. William Nylander got a contract worth $45 million. Mm-hmm. As of whenever the new league year starts, the Leafs will have paid out of that $45 million. They'll have paid out uh, 21 plus three and a half, 24 and a half, like basically half the contract, which is a uh, six year deal, half the contract the dollars are paid out by the start of the new league year next year. So Nylander is another one where that contract is movable and might have some pretty significant appeal to teams who are not right at the salary cap. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure who's the team that you can get. Cause you got to get a defenseman, obviously, if you're trading William Nylander, it doesn't make sense. And I'm just trying to go through the teams and I'm not really seeing like, um, like Florida, is it Florida? Is there like, and who knows who Florida's GM is because that mm-hmm. changes this conversation. Yeah, absolutely. But is yeah. there an Aaron Eckblad, Mitch Marner conversation to be that? Had? That's the one I'm looking at. Cause like I'm going through the list of the team names and I'm like Edmonton. No Montreal. No Vancouver. No Pittsburgh. No Bruins. Forget about well, it. Here's the thing. If you go, if you go to go to cap friendly yeah. and don't look at the top mm-hmm. because the teams at the top, I don't think are going to have much interest on Mitch Marner and Mitch Marner at $10 million tag. Mm-hmm. Look at the teams at the bottom who are not spending at or near the salary cap. Mitch Marner for 700000 might really appeal to them because there's a difference between actual cash, of course, and cap hit cash. The cap hit cash doesn't matter as much to some of those teams at the bottom. 
It's the actual cash that matters. And if the actual cash is 700K, well, that's interesting, isn't it? There's also the chance, I mean, like, this is this is me talking nonsense here, but, like, I don't know, could, could the Leafs talk, like, I like, the, the guy the Leafs need more than anything right now will technically be a free agent next year should he choose to continue playing the sport of hockey. Um, I mean, Dustin Bufflin's just sitting there, right? More or less. He would be a perfect fit. Yeah, like that's that's. You would be right? like, like so. You, you need right? you need someone who's rugged, someone yeah. who plays the right side, mm-hmm. and can't hurt someone yeah. who owns a Stanley Cup ring. Yeah, and I'm not saying you. I'm not saying Stanley Cup rings are magical, but it adds a little bit to like what people say this team needs is people who you know go through the wars and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. He's a perfect fit. Now, I have no idea whether Dustin Bufflin ever wants to play hockey again. I have no idea whether he would want to do this in Toronto, Ontario. He yeah, strikes me as a guy that may not want to do that. Uh, after spending years in Winnipeg, he may not want to be in a market where things are this as nuts as they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm not saying he would or wouldn't. I'm just saying that maybe that's not an option. Mm-hmm. But yes, that, that he fits on several levels. Yeah, absolutely. So what's your overall assessment of this uh, Leafs season because like I'll, I'll be perfect it's, it's it's here's the thing to me it's the most disappointing leaf season mm-hmm. since probably the 13 14 season okay because of the uh, was the 13 14 the, the, that was the year after the uh the boston thing it was the okay. 18 wheeler 18 wheeler off a cliff thing or no yeah. no sorry that was burke but yeah. basically it was a year where they looked like they were fine in january and all of a sudden everything blew up mm-hmm uh, but the metrics would have told you they were not fine in January. They're getting lucky. Okay. So that was that was, and, and then the two years after that, uh, or I shouldn't even say, yeah, the uh, fourteen fifteen and fifteen sixteen. The they were. Tr- I'm not going to say they were trying to be bad in pur- on purpose in fourteen fifteen, but then it, it went that way pretty quick, and the reward was Mitch Marner. Fifteen sixteen. They were definitely trying to be bad on purpose, mm-hmm. and they got Austin Matthews. I was not disappointed with the outcomes of those seasons. No. I wish the East won the McDavid lottery. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But I was not disappointed with the outcome of those seasons. The preceding seasons, you make the playoffs, surprise playoff run. You play five overtime games against the Washington Capitals. Shit, mm-hmm. you lose. Not disappointed by that. You know what that, I mean? Yeah, by, that, that I, honestly, is that not like the best season end in like the last – almost 20 years for the Leafs because it was like we've got all these pieces they got their feet wet in the playoffs that's they, that's they, the season you felt the best yeah. after yeah now that they took said, the one seed to six look good right and, hear me yeah. out. the next season you play the Boston Bruins pretty well mm-hmm. and then you add John Tavares in the offseason mm-hmm. that's when you feel the best yeah fair the following season they're a very very good team throughout the year and then, of course, because the NHL playoff system is stupid, which the NHL playoff system screwed them two years in a row. Mm-hmm. Whereas you would look at them and say, hey, wait a minute. Why do the Leafs, who are like the fourth best team, have to play the second best team in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah. That happened to them two years in a row. Yeah. So I wasn't disappointed by the outcomes of those seasons because, like, look, seven game loss to Boston. Is it shitty that it was that same team again and that it's a remarkably unlikable team? Yes, of course it's shitty. But... I wasn't disappointed in the outcomes of those seasons because I'm like, look, that's that's just the way it goes. It is this it season, is. I was expecting them to be better, not just against Columbus, but the entirety of the season. They were so up and down. I thought they were set up. That was set up to be the best Leaf team of my lifetime, just based on the talent, the way they had spread things out. If Barry plays up to what he, he's normally at, if Marner plays up to what he's normally at, 
that could have been the best Leaf team in my lifetime, and it wasn't that. That's... Yeah, it's upsetting to think about. Um, I just, I never thought, I never took the Leafs seriously. Now, I didn't think that you would have lost, like, I mean, I mean, there was no way to predict that when the season started, that it was going to be like, yeah, you guys are going to lose in a weird five-game series to the Columbus Blue Jackets because there's going to be a global pandemic. Obviously, there's no way to predict that, but I definitely would have thought, okay, the Leafs are going to get past the first round, maybe, and then at, at the very least for this Toronto Maple Leafs team, I, I think the, the minimum that should have happened and the minimum I would have predicted at the beginning of the season was second round, deep, deep series in the second round, perhaps some third round stuff for the Leafs. I just never thought you had the defense. Like the, the defensive core wasn't deep enough uh, for me to seriously consider a, a cup run this year for the Leafs just because you were playing Cody Cece so damn much. Like Cody Cece had so much goddamn ice time. And you think about that like weird game four or sorry, not the, because the weird, sorry, the game four was a good one. The weird game three, all of the goals the Leafs scored to get that three old lead were all just fluky nonsense, right? Like Cody Cece came in shorthanded, shot the puck five feet wide and it hit Seth Jones skate and rattled over uh, Elvis uh, Merzlikens, uh, stick right like it was all like uh, there, there was just a lot of weird nonsense that happened in in this Leafs Blue Jacket series it's just you know if, if you believe in curses it's it's, it's <laughs> you know there's obviously one that just sort of hangs over the Leafs because it's just like so much weird crap and then you had that insane I mean at least the at least the game four lives forever right you can always look up that that no YouTube game no you don't I think disagree so? no I, man night what was the money puck thing 99.8 or yeah something? but like, here's the thing were... like because all it is is like oh yeah they survived and then had a mess of a game seven that or I game don't know, man. was terrible that... here no here's here's what I would say the Mike Fisher game six overtime goal in 2004 mm-hmm. should stand out as one of the great goals in Ottawa Senators history, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they, they extended the series against Toronto, the team that had beaten them so many years. Oh, my God, we, 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 we might finally get the Leafs. We're forcing a game seven against the Leafs. Yeah. Double overtime, huge goal. Yeah. If Mike Fisher doesn't score that goal, mm-hmm. the Joe Newendike game doesn't exist. Fair. <laughs> if you're an Ottawa Senator fan... Yeah. Would you wipe out that Mike Fisher overtime goal to erase the Joe Newendike goal game from your memory? Mm-hmm. Probably. Maybe. I would say I almost certainly. So to me, it's a situation where like, yeah, okay, cool. They, this is all right. But then they just played a, a horrific game five where they're ringing pucks off the post. Incredibly frustrating. Like it just, it sucked. Yeah. The Tavares post was something else in the, in, in, in the game five. That was, oh, that was something else. Um, what do, yeah, so, um, I mean, like, well, I guess we're just talking about it, so we might as well get into the rest of the qualifying rounds. Or do you have anything else you want to add about the Leafs? Uh, I would say that mm-hmm. um, I will be disappointed if mm-hmm. the plan is, oh, yeah, let's just run it back, but cheaper on defense. Tritton, oh, got it. No, it can't be, because let's see, like, you're, you're. Some people are calling for that cheaper on defense you can't go you've got to improve this defense how do you go yeah but you the cheaper on defense is the only option because there's no tyson barry at two million bucks fair i guess that doesn't exist yeah but you've so you clear out some cap space with Mm -hmm. cc being gone yeah cc and barry are obviously gone yeah yeah so you clear out some there whole justin hall costs a little bit of money but not much more uh, so there's some guys getting raises. Uh, Dermot's going to need a raise. Mikheyev's going to need a raise. Those will be tiny, especially with how Mikheyev played in the playoffs. Um, who I, I love Mikheyev, by the way, but he mm-hmm. just looked 
Got, he looked like a guy who had severed te- severed tendons in exactly. December. Yeah, but same I, thing. And I, I didn't get taken. I didn't get taken Nick Roberts out of the game based or uh, out of game five. For Janssen, I for I was confused by that too. I thought Mikheyev was the scratch. Yeah, I thought so too. Not just because I actually, I wouldn't have even scratch Mikheyev. It was just like I, I don't know. I would have like well, you got to scratch someone's just... play. You got to scratch yeah. someone's playing left wing. True. I don't think you're scratching Clifford, and I don't think you're you're obviously not scratching Hyman. No. So, so yeah, it's either Robertson it or Mikheyev, right? Yeah, it had to, it, yeah. So and I would have went with Mikheyev just because Robertson was flying around in games three and four there. Yeah. Um, he, now that's one of the spots where they save some money next year. Is I think he can play in the top six for eight hundred grand. And well, you, I know it's eight hundred grand or, or close to, but he can play in the top six for that, no problem. And then you do have Sandine coming coming in. Yep. And you assume he would come. And I now. was actually surprised they didn't give him a go in game four or five. Yeah, and, San, and San, Sandin is obviously not like he. I don't want to. He's going to get pegged as, and this is the thing where I get I get worried about Leafs fans because at the beginning of next offseason or at the beginning of whatever the next season is. When um, you're, you're going to hear all that stuff about like, oh, Sandine's really killing it in a training camp. Sandine's really doing this and really doing that. And then the Leafs fans are going to be like, here he is riding in on the white steed. <laughs> you know, like Sandin, he's going to he's going to make everything all like Rasmus Sandin's coming in, making everything all hunky dory on his white horse. And the Leafs defense is solved because we just called up this kid. And I'm like, he's not that guy. He's a very, very good uh, he, he, I, I think he looks like a, a, a very solid second pair type. Absolutely, guy. he's not. Now, that some, being said, yeah, there is absolutely a need for a very yeah. solid second pair type guy on this fr- yeah. on this roster. Hell so, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, like you, you look at what wound up happening. Mm-hmm. Like Tyson Berry obviously got criticism, but Tyson Berry is a top four NHL defenseman. I yes. think by most people's definition. Again, that was Every a trade that didn't work out. This one, basically. Yeah, 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 that was a trade that didn't work out because Berry didn't play very well. But Tyson Berry, I think, generally a top four NHL defenseman. Mm-hmm. Morgan Riley is a, t- a first pairing NHL defenseman, sure. and I think you could argue that Jake Muzzin might be too. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the thing: when Muzzin's gone and Berry's gone, all of a sudden you had Riley and four guys who are in the case of Justin Hall, a third pairing defenseman, and in the case of Martin Marincin, an eighth defenseman, in the case of Cody CC, an ECHL defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. things things got pretty ugly pretty quick once Barry got hurt in the game. And basically yeah. the, the, like people were saying, Oh yeah, the only time they're generating anything is when the when Marner Tavares and, and Matthews are on the ice, which was true. But they're often on the ice with Riley, and that was part of it. Mm-hmm. So just how weak that defense was. So yeah, you 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 think to yourself, what about an idea like you know, you, you I, I mentioned Aaron Eckblad. Yeah. Like, do you do you call the Panthers to say, "Hey, Ekblad for Marner"? What do you think? Yeah, it might be the move. I like, would I want a little on more that one for sure. Ekblad back because the like you're 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 paying the signing bonus for Florida, so I think mm-hmm. that that's worth something to them. But that's the type of thing that you do, yeah. or you know, call some other teams that are like re- like uh, like I know this isn't going to happen, but one team that makes a ton of sense because they have young assets and because they don't want to spend money is the Ottawa Senators. That, of course, will never, ever happen. No, not with uh, the guy who is uh, currently at the top of the ladder for the <laughs> for the Ottawa yeah. Senators. Not a, well, not a, you know, the Minnesota fans. Wild in a bit of a rebuild. Yeah. But they could use somebody like, is, is, is there a Marner for Dumba plus type of conversation? Does that exist? Because the Wild, they they have some really ugly contracts but um, they they've got a little bit of room to maneuver here. So mm-hmm. 
and and they don't look like they want they're going to be a team that wants to spend right up to the cap and as i said earlier i think there's going to be some teams especially u.s based teams who are in a spot where their spending is going they're, they're going to want their spending to go down a little bit because they won't be able to get gate this year or at least for a lot of the year they're not getting gate receipts so i'm not sure and heim ducks are another one i'm not sure what could look optically worse for a franchise, a sports franchise based out of Minnesota right now to trade the black guy during an off season though. <laughs> I'm just throwing that That's... out there. <laughs> like, Fair. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> like, I wonder if... but like hockey wise you're you're 100% right that makes sense. Right. I'm just thinking of like off ice optics here. I'm like, "Oh boy, that would be very bad." Um, but yeah, it's I Mitch think Marner for Hampus Lindholm a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you're right though that yeah. the 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 Dumba one may be a bad example. But like, yeah. these no, are the I, no, of- I think hockey wise, <laughs> hockey wise, I'm I'm not saying that you're out in left field there or anything. I just when you said that, I was just like, ooh, that might not that, that like that might be just optically that would be so bad. But uh, like Ekblad, and so I mean, there there are a few trades. I was having trouble finding it earlier just because obviously. It's tough to trade defensemen, man. It's just it's you just really really don't do it in this in this current version of the NHL. It's just you, you gotta draft and develop a lot of the time is 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 what it is. But uh, if you're the Leafs and you just have this glut of forwards, it just looks like you're gonna have to peel one of those guys off the top half of the, the the forward section. But man, was that scary when the Leafs? I'm just thinking like the the Avalanche the, the big moment that they had in the uh, in, in the qualifying round robin thing was obviously the Kadri goal against the Blues. And the Kadri goal against the Blues, um, they were we were never able to see this during the uh, during the the regular season, um, and part of, led to some of the reason, although not entirely the reason for sure. I mean, the Avalanche power play was was middle of the road and to towards the back end actually, and it should have been a lot better just given the names on the roster. But like when when they were finally able to put out that five man spread of Rantanen, Landis Cog, Makar. McKinnon and Kadri, I was just like, oh my god, <laughs> right? Like, and they they saved that for like the crunch time there, and then Kadri uh, banged it in, and he even he even should have scored like a couple seconds earlier, just had a, a a wide open post net, and then luckily got the thing. But like the Leafs in the overtime in Game Four, man, when they sent out that five man of of Marner, Tavares, Matthews, um, Riley, and uh, oh god, who is the fifth guy? Um, Hyman. Hyman, yeah, it, that was. Like that, that, like the second that penalty happened, I'm like, this game's over. Oh, sorry, Nylander, but yeah, was, yeah, no, you're, Nylander, yeah. yeah. Sorry, oh, yeah. Hyman was the guy that scored six on five, but yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That like that's but they, they they've been setting that at five some out all year though. Yeah, but yeah, you guys have had that for most of the year, but it was still like although Riley missed a ton and then Tavares was yeah. out there, so it wasn't like it was always available to you guys. But when it was available in that playoff game, you just kind of go like, whoa, <laughs> you know. Yeah, there's right? a lot of talent out there, and here's the thing: yeah. the power play should have been better. Mm-hmm. Also, this is a this is an interesting thing, mm-hmm. is the Leafs have finished in the bottom two or three of the league, I think. Uh, I have to look up the exact numbers, but very close to the bottom of the league. Uh, each of the last uh, four years in penalties drawn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is weird. They're a fast team. You think yeah, you like it is more, weird, isn't it? You got more clutches it's, and, and here's, grabs and trips there's some, and stuff. Someone yeah. did a study. I wish I, I could decide who it was. Yeah. But there are two teams. Like, whether you draw or, or take a lot of penalties is essentially random. But there are mm-hmm. two teams that always get the short end of the stick. The Toronto Maple Leafs, would you care to guess who the other one is? And I shouldn't say always, but this, if you look at the numbers, you're like, and you put it on a scatter plot, you're like, wait a minute. Why are those two teams down there kind of by themselves? I would guess, the, to guess Oilers. the Oilers. 
No, incorrect. Okay. Um, the other team would be the Montreal Canadiens. That was going to be my other guess, to be honest. Yeah, I, I, I would guess the Montreal And here's Canadiens. my theory on why. Mm-hmm. I don't know which percentage of referees in the NHL, active referees, are from Ontario and Quebec. Mm-hmm. But I would say it's a pretty significant chunk. Mm. Are there Ontario and Quebec guys who, subconsciously, not on purpose, say to themselves, oh, I don't want to look like I'm favoring Don't want to be a Tim Donahue Toronto. type of scenario. I don't want to be accused of favoring Montreal yeah, so minus I go the, against Minus them. the gambling, but uh, yeah. You know, what, you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, just like, I don't want to be accused of well, you're calling the good penalties for the home team that you're because you're from there. Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I know it sounds conspiratorial, but there are some numbers, and I wish I could cite this study, but mm-hmm. there are some numbers that would say, hey, the Leafs and Habs always kind of get the short end of the stick there. Yeah, I, there might be something to that, and I don't think I, I. You're probably right. It's probably more of a psychological thing of the the referees being like, I don't want to be conceived as or, or be perceived as as helping out a team that I might have cheered for. Because like, yeah, you're right. Because I guarantee you, they would start digging up uh, if there if there was a thing where the Leafs got like a bunch of you know penalties in a row or something like that, and then all of a sudden you know they'd be like, who's the referee calling all these penalties? And then they'd go back through his like Instagram history or whatever, and they'd be like, here's a photo of him when he was 15 years old, wearing a Wendell Clark jersey, right? You know? Yeah, like, it's uh, just yeah, yeah. It's just it, so that's the 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 type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I. I I don't think these referees consciously do it, but it, it just might be somewhere in their heads that they that they do that. Yeah. At, th- at this point, where I point out that Carrie Frazier's from Sarnia, Ontario. <laughs> oh man, yeah, we can't. no, there there is it like we and obviously we've had this discussion before. If it was literally any other player that had clipped Gretzky, it, any other player in the history of the league, like, like clips Gilmore, yes, clips that Gilmore. that player. Because remember that the rules of the time where you get five in a game for five in a game, in yeah. Place. And there's just no way any like because that that would have been the equivalent of okay, LeBron shoulder bumped a referee, but there was enough, yeah, like LeBron shoulder bumped the referee in the middle of game six with like free throws coming up against the Clippers this year, right? And then it's like. Any other guy in the league should probably get teed up and thrown out, but, like, what referee is going to be like, yeah, I'm going to throw LeBron James out of a game with, like, two minutes left in a one-point one game, right? Like, it's just no no effing way, right? Like, just not going to happen. Not going to happen. Um, anything else about the Leafs? And then we can just kind of No, let's move about, on. All right, let's talk about a few of the other teams that got eliminated in the qualifying round. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens... Um, I obviously look a bit of a fool. Uh, I came on and I said that the two biggest bullshit takes that were going to come out of the first round or the qualifying round when they started were, oh, don't let Carey Price get hot or the Habs will eliminate the Penguins. And well, it turns out that fucking happened. And then the other one was, oh, don't count out the Chicago Blackhawks because they got all that winning pedigree on that team, even though there's like three guys left from, from the remnants of that. And, uh, lo and behold, the uh, they eliminate the Edmonton Oilers. Both of those guys get uh, out in five, um, or out in four. The Penguins, um, since the back-to-back cups, and you know you're always going to take back-to-back cups. Uh, they've got like what two wins in the playoffs in the last three series. Uh, they won a round. Three? Did they remember oh. they lo- when they lost to Washington? It was in round two. Right. Yeah. I just read the statistic that something they got like one win in their last twelve playoff games or something like that. So I guess they. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 It's because they got swept by the Islanders last year. They got swept by the Islanders and they uh, lost in Florida to Montreal. Montreal, Um, But yeah. Now, if you're a a Penguins fan Mm -hmm. and 
you have to start a stat with since the back-to-back cups. You exactly. probably don't give a shit what the rest of the stat sounds like. Exactly, which is why I, which yeah. is why I prefaced <laughs> yeah. saying that, right? Yeah, like, it's like probably no, it's yeah. not, a lot, so of, they not beat, a lot of teams feeling sympathy for the Pittsburgh Penguins right they now. They beat, yeah. of all teams, the Flyers in the first round in 2018, which mm-hmm. if you're Penguins probably feels pretty good and yeah. has become a somewhat standard part of your history is defeating the <laughs> Philadelphia Flyers. The thing that was weird was they lost to the Washington Capitals, which is not something they usually do. True. Yeah. Um, so that happened uh, in 2018. Then, yeah, as you said, the sweep against the Islanders and, and losing Montreal here. I don't know what Pittsburgh's plan is going forward here because for years the, the Penguin plan was we're just going to find, like, we have these two great players and we're just going to find other dudes. Mm hmm. They were, uh, they were supposed to be bad this year. Like they were supposed to be like really not good and probably a fringe playoff team. And and I think a lot of people they were, were seventh gonna, overall. Yeah. And the, the thing the, the thing that makes you feel a playoffs. bit better about it if you're the Penguins is you can stay with a straight face. Well, the league fucked us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you were seventh overall and eight teams didn't have to participate in the playoff round, and somehow you had to participate in the playoff round. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I understand it was by conference. But if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins, and, and some people say, well, you shouldn't, shouldn't matter, just win your games. To me, if I put a gun to your head and say, hey, wait a minute, you're putting your chips on this roulette wheel, and there's a 40% chance you lose, mm-hmm. and then you lose, that's not your fault. You know what I mean? Like, like the Penguins shouldn't have had to gamble. We said it when we talked about the, 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 the preview of these series. The Penguins shouldn't have had to gamble this. A lot of the other teams, and the Oilers, by the way, in the same spot. A lot of the other teams, like, you know, I get it. What I, what they, this obviously should have been is they should have taken 10 teams per conference. So the Oilers, the Penguins, the Hurricanes, and uh, the Predators kind of got screwed here a little bit. Mostly the penguins and predators because they're the ones who have gone home but and the oilers i suppose um but yeah they they got screwed the penguins were a team that got screwed legit by the league so i think that their plan could could be run it back and think to themselves yeah we were seventh overall we still have crosby and malkin let's just run the same team out there again yeah, and I mean, you could pretty much just copy and paste everything you said uh, about the Pittsburgh Penguins and then just uh, exchange the word Penguins with Oilers and Crosby Malkin with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and it's, yeah. all re- and it's all relevant for the Oilers. It's the exact same. Yeah, and the, now, here's the difference between the Penguins and the Oilers is the Oilers have some young players in their mm-hmm. system that I think will help them next season. Mm-hmm. The Penguins, I think they've run out of, oh yeah, we're like, like you look at like the Connor series and Jake Gensels and Brian Russ of the world to come in and become effective top six wingers. And it kind of feels like the penguins are just playing like create a player in the NHL games. Like, Oh yeah, we're just going to make up this guy. Yeah, that's uh, true. So they might be able to do that again. I don't know, but I, I don't see who that next version of who, who that next guy is. It's going to get made up for the penguins. Um, but Edmonton has some guys in the pipeline that legitimately might help them. And that's uh, – I would – and I not understand that it sucks to lose to Chicago and the whole thing. But I would not feel terrible about the future of my team if I were an Oilers fan right now. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't. I th- and people laughed at that dry saddle contract at the time, but geez. Is that not one of the best contracts in the league now? Absolutely, it is. You have Dreisaitl at eight point five for the next five years. So good, so good. I, I mean, I, I like would how say... many like how many contracts you trade one for one that are first contracts, oh, or that are, that aren't first contracts, and even guys who are on first contracts. I don't think you trade yeah. anyone who's on a rookie deal right now 
one for one for Dreisaitl. Now, would you do that once Lafreniere becomes a guy on a rookie deal? Mm. That's that's a conversation. But of all the guys on, like, I just, like, McKinnon's contract, just because it's cheaper, it doesn't run yeah, as long. That'd be the only one, but it, the years aren't there for McKinnon. We only got two yeah. years left on that deal. Exactly. But, yeah, so but, the, like, you, yeah. you, you have a conversation about that one. And ironically, I think the only other contract to do one for one for Dreisaitl the Oilers also already have. So Which is McDavid. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, so, so I, 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 I have a hard time finding one. So people laughed at that deal, but geez, did that one ever work out? Now everything else that version of the Oilers front office did was shit, but that one was good. <laughs> yeah. Um, between the Pittsburgh and the Edmonton Oilers though, I, I like, I, I'm not worried about the, the Pittsburgh Penguins kind of doing anything too rash. Is there a chance that the Oilers and the people running that team no. do anything foolish this, in this like, season based like on this? Ken Holland spent, 25 years not doing anything too rash mm-hmm. you know what i mean now it's easier to not do anything too rash as you start piling up stanley cup rings yeah but there were times when there was a lot of cries in detroit and ken holm was not the gm at the time but he was working for the team hey blow this up you got to trade eiserman and they almost did mm-hmm. they had eiserman eiserman for alexi ash and was allegedly a done deal mm-hmm and they didn't do it which oddly enough that worked out well for both franchises because yeah. i don't think that the uh I don't think that the uh, I, the Islanders would have done Steve Eiserman for Jason Spets and Zdeno Chara in uh, 2000 and, uh, 2001, but they certainly did that for Alexi Ashen for some reason. Mm-hmm. Either way, uh, I uh, that worked out for both sides. But the, the Red Wings were ready to blow it up a couple of times and didn't. Yeah. And I don't even if you're the Oilers and you want to blow it up, really there's only two significant things you can do, and you're not doing them. Trade McDavid or trade Drysaddle, and you're not doing those things. So, move along. The Oilers' problem was their goaltending sucked. They should yeah. never have started Mike Smith. No. Should have been Koskinen. Uh, Koskinen still has two years at four and a half, which that I like. You talked about how they did a good job on the Drysaddle contract, but the previous front office, they were fired days after that Koskinen extension. Like, how of your ownership do you allow that to go through, knowing you're about to fire those guys? Whatever. Either way. Uh, They've got some things to look forward to here, uh, do the Oilers. They just need to get someone who can stop the puck a little bit. That's all. Absolutely. But if you look at some of the guys they've got on the uh, on, on the way in here coming in, you've got Philip Broberg. You've got Evan Bouchard. Those guys are like guys who can legitimately help you next year. And all of a sudden, if you're the Oilers, you've got a couple of extra guys on defense next season if Broberg and, uh, and Bouchard are both in there and ready to go. You've got a couple of extra dudes. And you've got Nurse locked up for two years after this. You've got Chris Russell, who's not very good, but someone would trade stuff for him. Like, there's, you know, they, 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 they've got options. You heard it here first, folks. Freddie Anderson, Edmonton Oilers goaltender, 2020. Or 2022, sorry. That's, <laughs> is, like, is there a Frederick Anderson for and stuff for Adam Larson deal? Like, is that, like, a conversation? Potentially, if if, if the Oilers are yeah. really uh, that feeling that good about Broberg and and, mm-hmm. and Bouchard, and then you leave them with a defense like the right side of the defense is mm-hmm. is Russell, a guy you add, and fear the Leafs just turn it yeah, over to Jack Bouchard. Campbell and one year left on Freddie and a uh, history of goal uh, the history of goaltenders says you never want to sign a goaltender north of thirty to a big contract because it just tends yeah. to go south oh, yeah, pretty no. fast. Uh, so. Extending Freddie Anderson for very long is a bad idea. Yeah, and I think that. Look, is it Freddie Anderson's fault they lost to Columbus? No. No. But in two of the games they lost, he gave up a lousy goal. 
Yeah, I mean, the, that the is Lowdy or the, the Foodie goal was... in the series. But yeah. I think that there's a pretty legitimate argument that Jack Campbell and somebody else would be like a good, like, everyone gets 40 games type of tandem next season, as opposed to we're giving Freddie 65 games. Yeah, the Liam Foodie goal, that was a that was just a crush. That was soul-crushing. No way he should score from that angle, even with the bad change. It's just bad. Um, Flames and Jets, not much to talk about the, in that series. The Flames were better. The Jets were, you know, hanging together with uh, Scotch Tape. They were so banged up already going into that series, and then two of their best players got hurt again. So, yeah. like, it, it, To me, yeah, to me, if you're the Jets, you take literally nothing away from the series other no. than, man, they're winning game two. Like, that, like... That was gutsy, If you have man. questions yeah. about how that group is, like, that mm-hmm. that answered a lot of them. No, yeah, they're, they're, they're a, a gutty... T- I honestly thought... I, I thought it was going to go five after I saw that game two, but they just... Guys kept... They ran out of, hor- they ran out of horses, man. So brutal. That's and honestly, so brutal. if I'm the Dallas Stars, I'm not happy with that outcome. Like... No. I'm 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 stressed about Calgary if I'm the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Um Islanders Panthers nothing to talk about there. Panthers didn't belong in this. Islanders were better than them. Out grinded them, outworked them. I was surprised the Panthers even even won one quite frankly. Uh pretty much copy and paste what I said for Vancouver versus the Wild. The Wild are terrible and and the Canucks. I I, I jokingly picked the Wild in our in our preview just cuz like the Wild tend to do things like ruin fun and uh good on them for not ruining fun this year. Um Nashville and the Coyotes. Uh, it wasn't much to talk about there, other than I said Matt Matt Duchesne in the playoffs. Man, what do you what, like? Just woo. Um, the only other thing I kind of want to talk about for the play-in round: the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, first team to advance uh, with the sweep of the Rangers. Um, is that the last game we see Henrik Lundqvist suit up for? Period. Or last game we see him suit up for? as a New York Ranger, Craig? I don't think there's a universe in which he plays for another team next season. So do you think he's done then? Because I don't see, if you're the Rangers, I don't see how you can, how you can even. So yeah, it was, the only way you get rid of, him of the Rangers is if you fake LTIR him. Yeah. Which I mean, maybe that's that what up. they do. Yeah. Like there's, there's no need to do a buyout. That doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Because you you want to just burn the cap money this coming season, mm-hmm. but maybe there's like you can have a conversation with Freddie and the league won't like it. No, uh, not with with, with Lundqvist, I should say. And you say, look, how about you just retire, you go off into the sunset. We only owe you five and a half million bucks. We 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 sign a contract with you for fifty nine and a half million. You've already got fifty four of it. Mm-hmm. We'll give you your signing bonus, your 2020, uh, 2021 signing bonus. So that leaves only four and a half million bucks on the table. If you walk away, it saves us a lot of money, and then we'll give you literally any job in the organization you want. Because yeah, that's what I was going to say. He doesn't he's like to... a superhero amongst Ranger fans, and for good reason. Yeah, yeah. For good reason, he's a superhero amongst Ranger fans. I was going to say that. He so he can be a community outreach guy, he can be an assistant GM. Literally, whatever you want to fucking do, Henrik, you can yeah. do it. Yeah, that, that's why I was going to say. He doesn't even have to give up the four and a half. You, we, we can be like, you, you did sit for Henrik down and be like, this four and a half goes away, but oh, 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 this four and a half magically appears out as your what? I don't know. Food and beverage consultant? What about hair care? Hey, huh? One of the dopest lids ever, right? Like, just a, a main sent straight from God, you know? Like, maybe he's like the new hair care consultant for the Rangers or, you know, just make up a title, right? And then he and then he's in the office next year for them, right? E- easily, just up in the booth, uh, cutting to Henry Lundqvist. So, um, do you think Henry, we see Henry Lundqvist uh, play NHL hockey next year? The Rangers would certainly hope not. I, I, I'd say probably not. Yeah. Now, that said, 
Like, yeah. Now, is he still on the roster? I think that's obviously to be litigated. Mm-hmm. If the Rangers were to give him some sort of like crazy job where he makes millions a year, the league would probably be pissed. Mm-hmm. But whatever. And look, the, the league gets pissy with the with the rich teams for doing things. Remember, they got pissy with the Leafs for doing their uh, having their uh, training facility still open during the summer and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, uh, I I if they don't have that eight million dollars on the table, like that that gives them a lot of options this offseason for stuff they can go out and do. Because they've got a ton of prospects. That I think they have the number one prospect pipeline. They've got two first-round picks. they got Lafreniere coming in. They already have yeah. Panarin. Like th- th- This should be a heavily favored playoff team with the roster as is right now. So, yeah, there's a lot yeah. to... Uh, a lot well, you, met, you mentioned Lafreniere. It's probably best to talk about the draft real quick. Now, obviously, I mean, it was, it was kind of a joke. I think... Uh, we we had the Rangers, I think, as a ten out of ten conspiracy team when we were just. I had thinking, them at nine because I thought, nine, oh, I, I thought that I only Chicago was worthy of a ten. ten. Yeah, I I had them at ten because, but like your your uh, metrics were just slightly different than mine because uh, I gave out a bunch of tens where I'm like I'm like they're all tens <laughs> like it's bad. But when it when it comes down to it, the Rangers, I think I think. The Rangers and like the Panthers, I think to me were the arguably the least objectionable two of the eight that were out there because they were teams that weren't going to make the playoffs and and I don't think you automatically shotgun them to the state. Like if if it had, if it had gone to Edmonton, Toronto, or Pittsburgh, the hockey Twitter would have just burned down to the ground, right? Like just because these two teams, all, all the teams you just mentioned, have two all-world centers on their ex- roster already. Exactly right, yeah. and it's just like they don't, and 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 would have been nowhere near the lottery, right? Like just nowhere, it wouldn't have even been sniffing Lafreniere, and then they would have been the Rangers would have had like a snowball's chance at him in in the uh, in the thing, and and now they got him, and then so juicy, Craig, and I I had been sending jokes to anyone who would listen, Twitter, you, my brother. Just anybody who loves anybody who loves hockey. I was just saying, I for the last week and a half, I'm like, I'm going with the like. Once the Rangers got eliminated, I was I'm going with the frozen envelope 2.0 conspiracy. Uh, Bettman's a a David Stern guy. We all know Stern fixed that 85 lottery so Patrick Ewing could get there. Patrick Ewing was trending on Twitter after the NHL draft lottery today, and then the guy. The, the dude in the mask holding the balls so that, like, Batman could identify the logo so stupid. Craig, he drops. He drops the Rangers ball. And it clatters around, and he has to go get it again. And it's just like, oh! And I'm just like, I can't believe this. How could he have possibly, of all the balls, for him to get nervous about and fumble the New York Rangers? Fucking hilarious. And we get to, we get to, we, we get a new set Friggin' 35 years later, we, we, we get a new New York-based conspira- lottery conspiracy. It is it is so delicious. I'm so, I'm so glad we get to joke about this for the rest of our lives, Craig. We get to joke about yeah. the NHL fixing the lottery for the well, New York. Imagine if the Rangers like win the Stanley Cup several times in the next few years. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they, they've got Capo Caco, Alexi mm-hmm. Lafreniere, and Artemi Panarin. Because yep. they're Jad. Yep. That's the team. That's what? The team. Like, that's... You know, mm-hmm. and then you look at the defense. Mm-hmm. Jacob Truba, that contract might be a little bit much, but it's awful. Yeah, let's like, be honest, it's an awful contract. He's an NHL defenseman, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Uh, Adam Fox looks like he's decent. Like, 
I don't know. And they, they've got some goaltending, too. Maybe they run into the same situation the Leafs did, but mm. for now, it looks pretty good. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into the first round of the NHL playoffs. Um, I, I, are they reseeding every every round? Like, is it going to be one and then the, the bottom uh, every yeah. – or are they doing the stupid I believe I believe again? that's the way it's going, yes. Okay, so it's old But don't quote style. me on that. I, I should look that up now. Like, yeah. I, might I'm be a pre- bracket. I, I, because some things have it set up as a bracket, but I, I don't think it is. I think they're, I think they've been reseeding this, this whole time, but I'm not sure. They did, it, they haven't been reseeding the past few years, but all of a sudden things, oh, NHL no, yeah. playoffs will reseed after every round. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Now they have done the stupid thing where, um, well, I guess it doesn't really matter or like they should have, they, they're, they're putting Chicago down as the eight seed now and the Montreal Canadiens down as the eight seed. Yeah, for, that, for some that's, reason. that's that. Well, I I just keep him as the twelve. Doesn't that make? I realize if, like visually that doesn't make sense, but like I I just I get I what you're know. you know give it that March Madness feel to it. I guess right. Oh yeah, like, that's and then, like if, if twelve keeps moving yeah. down, Cinderella story, blah blah blah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, let's do the East first. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers against the Montreal Canadiens, the Blue Blanc et Rouge. Uh, Carey Price with a. Uh, uh, save percentage just uh, shy of uh, 950 in that in that first round. Can Carey Price and uh, Jeff Petrie with his timely goals and uh, Brendan Gallagher with his work ethic and Ben Chariot randomly turning into Chris Pronger for a few games, uh, can they upset this Philadelphia Flyers uh, unit, Craig? This is, uh, you know, I almost never do this. We do playoff predictions every year, and I almost never do what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. Flyers in four. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Busted it out. I have Flyers in five. Oh. I, have, I have Flyers in five because I, I just think the Habs get one. I, I realize it's stupid to say it like this, but I'd say the Habs get one at home. But no, I just think Carrick, Carrick Price just has one of those games, right? Where he just, I mean, it looks like he's. He already had three obviously. of those games. <laughs> yeah, but like, there's, no, there's no limit on these games, though, Craig. Yeah, I Carrick guess. Price is just going to be like, oh, these count? And then he just yeah. starts doing that. But if Carrick like Price's playoff save percentage mm-hmm. winds up looking like his regular season save percentage, then we're in for some pretty significant normalization here. Yeah. So we'll see, but I I, I I just think the Flyers are the Flyers are really good and a lot Flyers, better than Montreal. Yeah, and just heavier too. Like this is going to be like a like a heavy heavy series, right? Last time these two teams hooked up, the Habs were like an eight seed again, I believe. Was that in that weird 2010 run? Yep, I, I believe so. And that although that was in the freaking Eastern Conference Finals, weirdly enough. Actually, no, and I then, think the Flyers might have been and the, and the Flyers. That was like a set. I'm gonna look up those 2010 playoffs I'm right now. I'm pretty sure they were. I'm pretty sure the Flyers had home ice advantage at, in the Eastern Conference Finals as a seven seed that year. Yes, right? that is absolutely something yeah. that happened. Yes. Yeah, and because the, the Habs were the eight seed, and then the Flyers lost to the. That was the first Blackhawks Cup, if I remember correctly. That is correct. Yes, because yeah, the, like, the, the famous Patrick Kane. <laughs> only Patrick Kane knows it's in goal. The NHL, God, they can't catch a break. For the love of God, they had they had a a top they had a you know an original six. Even though you can debate like whether the original six is like a real thing or not, but they had an original six franchise trying to end like a forty year cup drought or whatever it was yep. against a reputable team like a like the Philadelphia Flyers, a storied franchise. You can put NHL. together that when it comes to like franchise history, yeah, there's the original six and our, our one through six in some order as far as the importance of franchise history. I yeah. think you have a very very hard time not saying. Like the the who is seventh debate comes down to the Penguins and Flyers. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. and and it's like, can we get a goal that we can show for forever and ever in perpetuity? No, we're gonna get no. a goal where only one guy knew it went in. Yeah, and then they had to stand there and be like, yeah. did we actually win? <laughs> you know, it's so bad. God, it just 
like the NFL does a lot of stuff, but they also have rotten luck too, man, with yes. crap like that. Well, um, it turns out hockey's game of gambling. Yeah, uh, really ironically is, enough, yeah. you mentioned the uh, Montreal making that finals run. Yaroslav Halak, Halak just yeah. absolutely thieved two series that season. Yeah, that was, if I remember correctly, seven games against, down 3-1, seven games against uh, Washington both, and Pittsburgh. Uh, both, uh, both Washington and Pittsburgh, yeah. Three yep. games in a row where they just... That was, and that's they, yeah, in the that Eastern was the great... Conference, the lower seed won every playoff series. Yeah, that was the great... And the Flyers, goal. I believe, was that not the year the Flyers were down 3 nothing to Boston and won? No, that was, you're thinking of... Uh... No, it wasn't. The I think Flyers, that was, was the it? year. Yeah, because Gagne came back in game because Mark Savard scored the goal, the, yep. the, the the goal in game three, right? And then they got Gagne back from injury, and everything fell into place. Yeah, no, Flyers. that was the year. That was the year. Yeah, and the Bruins blew two three nothing leads. They're up three nothing in the series, and then they were up three nothing in game seven. Correct. Crazy. Yep, I crazy. remember watching that game seven as a friend stag and doe that night. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff, and just like yeah, and that was the 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 great 2010 wild times, man, because that was the great uh, Halak Price debate of 2010 yep. for the Montreal Canadiens in the office. And there was also a very very good Vancouver Chicago series in that second round as well. Right. Yeah. Was Matt Sundin involved in that series? Yes, he was. Oh. 2010, man. What a weird year. Uh, Columbus this comes in as the seventh seed, and they're getting the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning, who are very Now, right remember now. I said earlier that I almost never, almost never predict sweeps. I mm-hmm. did, I believe, predict the sweep last season in the Columbus-Tampa Bay series. And yeah. I was correct. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> Just got the team name wrong. There, uh, here yeah, we are. Uh, 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 mostly correct. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I predicted a sweep, right? That's all you can ask for. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I did too. And then it was uh, like, yeah, and oh, and after the first period of game one, oh, Craig, oh, yeah, well, both of us. Uh, we already 3 like, nothing Tampa Bay. Here yeah, you turn it off. Why even play the rest of the series? Crap, we all said. Jack, team. Yeah, <laughs> here we are. The Columbus Blue if Jackets. If I'm Tampa Bay, well, I'm freaking nervous. I would be too. Because uh, so yeah, what happened oh. last year? And like, no, no, no more Panera, no more Duchesne. Mm-hmm. But like, the other guy that's gone, Bobrovsky, like he was fine in that series, but he didn't steal that series. Columbus just like worked really hard, and that isn't going away. This is and th- I think that we have to start having a conversation about John Tortorella being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's crazy to say. Well, let's think about it this way: he he made two goalie changes in this series and was right both times. How often do you see that? Yep. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. Um, but if you look at Tortorella's resume, he has the the Tampa years, which went mm-hmm. well. The yeah, Rangers. Top in years, 05. The Rangers years, they made the Stanley Cup final. They had some very very good teams there. Mm-hmm. The Vancouver thing, obviously not good, but that was one year. And then he gets to Columbus, and he's done what he's done there with, mm-hmm. like they, they've overachieved every year. So. What do you make of his Bill Belichick uh, post game conferences? Those have been going on for a long time. Yeah, I don't know. He used to be more talkative, but. Uh... This year, he's he's really made it a point of being like, I'm just going to go out there and say the same sentence over and over again. But, yeah, what are you going to do? Um, I am going to go against what was originally my Stanley Cup prediction at the beginning of the uh, qualifying round, Craig, because I'm taking the Jackets in six. Yeah. In this series, yeah. I, I, just, I, think, I think Tampa's going to be scared. Um, they have no Stamkos. It doesn't look like they're going to have Hedman for this series, and I think Columbus is just – I think they're, they're, they're just going to – play too heavy a hockey and Seth Jones is going to be playing 30 minutes a game like he did. And I mean, Tampa and the Simps or Tampa, Jesus Christ, Tampa and the Leafs are cut 
pretty much from the same cloth in terms of team construction wise, except yeah. Tampa's missing a few of their guys. That's and, the that's the thing that makes me nervous if I'm Tampa. Yeah. Because remember, like they 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 were a little bit banged up last year, but it shouldn't have been enough to cost in the series. But to me, the the when that series turned was game two when Columbus goes up to nothing and you're like, okay, Tampa keeping Columbus four out of five times, but Kucherov was an idiot and got himself suspended. So mm-hmm. they were already kind of short dudes. And then all of a sudden Kucherov's gone for game three. Like, yeah. So stupid. That was, that was, that was, think about it. That was the dumbest thing. And that, ha- that was the dumbest suspension of the first round. Nazem Kadri had the second dumbest suspension of the first round last year. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ah, yes, a tradition unlike any other. If I were you, I'd be nervous about what he might do to someone in Arizona. I'm not. In fact, I think you, caller, I think you Leafs fans should brace yourselves for the series clinching overtime goal by Nazem Kadri. I would be thrilled if that happened. Honestly, I'd be really, really excited for it. I I think, I don't know. That being said, I'll tell you this right now. There's a player, and we'll talk about this series in a a little bit, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. There's a player on Arizona who I have a pretty significant soft spot for, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Oh Philly. 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 Yeah. Philly, Philly. Yeah. Of course. But like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to pretend like I'm afraid of Phil Kessel. But we'll get to that. I'm not saying uh, you should. All I'm just saying is I'm always going to cheer for that guy. Yeah. Who you got in uh, Tampa, Columbus? Uh, Lightning in six. Okay. Lightning in. I just six. think they have enough even without all their horses. Could be right. Uh, Washington and the New York Islanders, Craig. Caps in five. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, I'm going to extend it to... And it depends a little bit on how the series is officiated for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas if this is a series where they actually use the rule book, that is a massive <laughs> advantage for Washington. <laughs> I'm going to say Caps in six, though, because I, I do think this Islanders team doesn't get enough credit for how much they grind. And I, I think they'll grind out two victories. I think they're like series, Columbus, yeah. but the goaltending's worse. That it, That's a very fair assessment. Oh. I, 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 I believe that that is a very fair assessment. Um, next up, uh, I don't think this is anything. I don't think you could say this is anything less than the best, potentially best series we have in the first round. Um, I'm excited for this. Boston and Carolina. Boston coming in as the four seed. Uh, Boston, hilariously, the four seed in the... Uh, <laughs> in the uh, Despite the fact they were miles ahead of everybody in this game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we were talking about how Pittsburgh got screwed with this format, and they did. But now here in this round of the playoffs, the team that's getting screwed is Boston. Mm-hmm. Because they were miles ahead of anybody else. And all of a sudden, they are playing... Like, of the, of the teams that survived the play-in round. So Montreal, Columbus, Islanders, Carolina. Mm-hmm. Carolina is not just the best team, but I think they're quite easily a the best team remaining. Cup contender, for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I understand that people are going to say, well, the Bruins should have won their, their play-in games. That was three games against Washington, Tampa Bay, and and, and the Flyers. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they spent 70 games proving that they're really, really good. Mm-hmm. So... And the, the, thing the Bruins that we, have every right to be pissed about this matchup. Yeah, I can't remember if we picked. Let me just quickly look. I picked the Hurricanes in five, and you picked the Rangers in five. So we obviously basically said that that series was a coin flip because I just I five. just like the Rangers more than I should have, to be honest. I yeah, thought... a few people did because I, I like I know Dangle and a few other people on on various uh, prognosticating podcasts uh, were. I just thought it was Rangers a bad matchup. For, like the Hurricanes yeah. are legit. I just yeah. thought it was a bad matchup for them. Well, the uh, thing but... we forgot about the Hurricanes was the Hurricanes bought at the deadline because all of their guys were hurt. And now right. we've had the COVID layoff, and now they've got all of the guys that were hurt right. back plus really the guys deep. they bought at the deadline. So they're super deep right now. Is is 
is what I completely forgot about the Hurricanes. Now, I still picked the Hurricanes, but like I said, five. So it's not like I was like, oh, the Hurricanes are just going to kill them, right? I was just like, no, five-game series. Carolina pulls it out because they're a little bit deeper is basically what what I had said. Um, but, yeah, it ended up that was a massacre, that, <laughs> that series. They series. smoked them. and. Yeah. If I'm the if I'm the Bruins, I'm pissed about this. And uh, Hurricanes and six, by the way. Hurricanes and six. I am going um, Bruins and seven because I, I think the Bruins continue their I, I think the Bruins continue their uh, their vaunted streak of first round game seven series where it probably goes into overtime and maybe maybe they squeak one out. They just the Boston Bruins can't not play a seven game series in the first round. It's it's in the CBA. Um, Western Conference. First up, the Las Vegas. Golden Knights, by virtue of a uh, three-on-three overtime victory over the Colorado Avalanche in the last game of the Western uh, round robin, um, get the Chicago Blackhawks in round one. Chicago, what are you doing here? Um, Yeah, the NHL's got to be loving this, though. They're like, oh, they got Vegas and Chicago in the same series. I honestly felt like the the, the way the Avs were officiated in that that play-in game against uh, against the – Against Vegas, I, I was wondering if the league called that one in a little bit. Obviously, I don't think they did because there's no fans in the stands. But I'm I don't know. I just it was the, the the way the 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 way the officiating went and was a little suspicious to me. Just a little suspicious. Feel like they might have massaged that one. I just don't know how. Uh... Yeah, I don't know. They they might have just massaged that one a little bit. That's all I'm saying. Well, but, uh... Uh, here's what I would say after yeah. the game. Mm-hmm. Jared Bednar, mm-hmm. when asked about the McKinnon on Sports and like. Didn't go on a rant about the referees. He said no. McKinnon messed up. Yeah. And you I, I like and, that. And, and so I don't know what say. was said yeah. on the bench, but yeah. Jared Bednar does. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I would suspect that if it was even on the line, you mm-hmm. might have heard Jared Bednar say some of the same stuff you just did about, why do you need to call that? But when when he gets asked about it, a guy who was sitting right mm-hmm. near McKinnon when he made the comment, and here's the thing about the way that the rinks are now, mm-hmm. is anything that's said in the bench, the refs mm-hmm. are going to hear. Um, cause there isn't 18,000 people watching, yeah. um, when, when, when Bednar's reaction was nah, he, like, he's gotta be yeah. smarter than that or whatever it was that he said, it was something along those lines. Yeah. The coach, uh, that the tells coach, me that yeah. whatever it was McKinnon said, mm-hmm. it was it was worthy enough. of perhaps some condemnation. That's true, but like in a qualifying round, fine, do that. I guess I'm a little upset that the Avs. Yeah, if that happened in the playoffs, team. I think that maybe there's a bit of a different reaction. Yeah, yeah in the playoffs, yeah. You, you if you're a referee, you can't. You just can't pull that shit. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You, you just cannot do that. You cannot put uh, one of the best players on the planet, in my opinion, the second best player on the planet, in the box for a bench miner. This is not like I, I don't want to see Joey Crawford stuff happening in the yeah. National Hockey I get. Here's you the just, thing. I would like the Joey Crawford famous example of Tim Duncan. Yeah. Like if Bruce. if McKinnon was having a nice laugh on the bench, I don't yeah. know if like McKinnon said something that yeah. was clearly across and, the line. Yeah. Otherwise I think we would have heard differently from Jared. Yeah, the impetus, That's all I'm saying. Yeah. The impetus for the, the, the impetus for it was McKinnon was clearly a step ahead of guy on an icing call. Yeah. And he was giving it to him. And clearly the referees knew they messed it up because they put the face off at center ice. So they were like, ah, we biffed that one. So let's have the face yeah. off at center ice. And then McKinnon just, uh, you know, kept beacon or whatever. And they were like, all right, you're in the box for two minutes. Yeah. Like, and on that one, from the referee's perspective, yeah. uh, the, the, like you, you, you said, look, I did what I could for you, man. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know what? You're right. We did get it wrong. Mm-hmm. And this like. We're not, we're not, we're, we're letting you guys change and we're mm-hmm. putting the face off at center ice. Yeah. That's the best we can like. So for, if you're the referee from the referee's perspective, you're like, I've done what I could for, and you're still going to be blasting me from the bench. Yeah. No, you're going to go. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Like that's, 
that 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 I I understand from the rest perspective that like maybe you give the guy a little bit of leeway if you mm. didn't already listen to him. You know what I mean? Like, no, I heard you out, man. Yeah, I agree with you. We did mess up. Here's what we're gonna do. And so, uh, mm-hmm. like, that's I I I understand. Like, and look, I don't know exactly what was said. Maybe it wasn't something that was that was flagrant. But the way Jared Bednar talked about it, mm-hmm. it sounds like it might have been. You know. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I'm just saying, qualifying round fine. Can't do that yeah. in 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 actual playoff games. If you've messed up, you just gotta let it. You just gotta kind of sit there and tune it out if you're a referee, because you can't go looking for for penalties. You gotta call penalties, not go looking for them. I believe. I think that's like Brian Burke's weird saying or whatever. I don't want to say that was mine. Um, Vegas and Chicago. Uh, are you feeling uh, Vegas can keep or Chicago can keep this going for any sort of upset, Craig? What do you think? Um. No, uh, Golden Knights in five. Golden Knights in five. I'm gonna say Knights in. I'm gonna say Knights in. I'm gonna say Knights in six. Yeah. Actually, no, no, I'm not. I'm gonna say Knights in five as well. Yeah. Chicago's not good. No, they're really not. I, I don't. And and and, and here's the thing: mm-hmm. they're a team that has a hard time getting the puck back. And mm-hmm. geez, Vegas ever good at keeping the puck. I yeah. just this is a particularly bad matchup for them. My beloved Colorado Avalanche get a team that probably should not have made the uh, playoffs, the Arizona, or probably wouldn't have made the playoffs if this were a regular year. Um, But here we are. The Colorado Avalanche come in as the two seed, and they get Arizona. Uh, This is going to be history for me because for the first time in the history of this podcast, I am selecting my Colorado Avalanche to win a playoff series that they are in. I, I picked them to go to lose in six, I think, against... Um, I think I picked them to lose in, in five or six against the Predators, and I picked them to lose in six against the uh, Flames last year when they beat the Flames in five. Uh, I think they're going to win another playoff series in five. I'm taking my Avalanche in five. I just, I, I, they're just so, like, Kemper is the only thing that pause, that, that would give me positive Yeah, and that's why I'm going to say in six. Yeah. I think you put together a pretty solid argument that Darcy Kemper mm-hmm. – uh, the last two seasons has a save percentage mm-hmm. ahead of 925 the last mm-hmm. two seasons. Uh, you could put together a pretty good argument. He's been the best goal in the league for, for two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would be nervous about that. Uh, and you said that Arizona was not going to make the playoffs. And you were right. But in a season where Jarcy Kemper was healthy, they probably would have pretty easily. True. Yeah. Uh, like, he only played 29 games this year. If he had, if he had played, you know, the the 40 game or 45 game slate that he would have played if he was healthy before the COVID stuff, um, they would have uh, been a lot better off, obviously. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So I'm going to, I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the, uh, the avalanche, but in six, just because I think Kemper steals a couple of games. Avalanche have a lot of history. They saw a lot of Darcy Kemper when he was with the wild. So I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure. Now, while, now, yeah. while Darcy Kemper and, and look, goaltending is weird. Mm-hmm. Darcy Kemper's career save percentage with the Minnesota Wild, if one is wondering, mm-hmm. uh, was – oh, let me just – I'm looking at my spreadsheet wrong here. Who's I know. the guy he was always trading time with? Because I remember it was always – Devin Dubnik? That yeah, was it. Yeah, it was Dubnik. Him and still Dubnik. Him and, yeah, him and Darcy Kemper's career save percentage with the Minnesota Wild uh, was 9 uh, – let's say 9-15. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, 9-12. 9-12. Uh, with the Arizona Coyotes, it is uh, 926. Yeah. So he, he's become a better goalie at the ages of 28 and 29. Is that a small sample of uh, the last uh, 84 games that he's played? 
a little bit. Uh, that I don't know if that means more than the 102 he played for Minnesota, mm-hmm. but um, he's be uh, the numbers would say he's a better goalie now than he was when he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he finished fifth in Vesna voting last year. Uh, he won't be on the Vesna ballot this year just because he didn't play enough. But if mm-hmm. he had played, would have been. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's something to worry about. But I will uh, I will take them. I will still take Colorado in six because if you look at the uh, the like, well, Arizona does have a goaltending advantage. It's always something to be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Avalanche have better players on all the other positions, which yeah. is also good. <laughs> and I'm not even sure how much better Kemper is that like because like people will point at this series and people who haven't watched the Avalanche play all year and haven't looked up their goaltending numbers are going to look at the goalie matchup and go, well, Arizona's got this dis- uh, significant advantage. And I'm like, not significant. It's an advantage, but it's not super significant there. The Avalanche have goaltenders that you can two of them, as a matter of fact, that uh, you can win a Stanley Cup with the way they play. Uh, now, I, abs in five. You only play one at a time, to be clear. True. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but abs in five. Well, I don't know. Look at what the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's did. true. That's Sometimes true. They, they only. They only, they never had times. both of yeah. them in there, yeah, though. That's true. Uh, but no, you're you're, yeah. you're right. I, I don't think goaltending is a problem for Colorado. I just mm-hmm. think that the Coyotes would have a goaltending advantage against yeah, uh, anybody left in the West, to be honest, yeah. except for maybe St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Abs in five, and then McKinnon DDTs Taylor Hall in the uh, in the middle of the handshake line and, and takes back that ill-gotten ill-gotten Hart Trophy. Um, yep. next... Debate that again. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're already we're already too deep. We don't need yeah. to debate that. Um, next up, uh, easily the second best series, and I think there's an argument to be made for best series potentially. I still think it's Boston Carolina, but this is a, uh, this, is a good- this is a very good one. Uh, the Dallas uh, Stars three seed coming in against the Calgary Flames. Uh, how you feeling about this one, Craig? I like the Flames in six. I don't like how the Stars Ooh. were playing uh, in the uh, the play-in round, and I've like. I, I like the Flames roster. I like the Flames in six. I love this. I got the Stars in seven. Flames. I I just think the Stars are just another. I think I think this is Game Seven overtime. I just that's the way that this this era. It's yeah, it's this close. era of Dallas Stars for whatever reason. The, the, this current era of the Dallas Stars is just always Game Sevens and overtimes for some reason. Um, yeah. Should be a great series of hockey though. I can't wait to watch some of these games. Uh, last up, the St. Louis. Blues fourth seed now, even though they would have been at worst a two seed in a uh, in the regular year. Um, they're the fourth seed now. They're getting the Vancouver Canucks, the plucky, plucky uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, how do you feel about this one? I I I I don't like the way St. Louis played in the round robin, no, but I still think they're the best team. They took that uh, not at all seriously. I don't think like there was a no. Lot. I think you're probably right about that. They took it as exhibition games, and they're yeah. just their their thought process probably they looked at the teams five through twelve in the West, and they're like, we don't care which of these teams we play. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'll uh, I, I'm taking the Blues. I'm taking the Blues. Yeah, I got the Blues, in and five. I still think they're my cup pick. Yeah, I got the Blues in five. What do you think? I think that uh, Blues and Five sounds about right to me. Uh, to me, the team that got the bad draw was 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 the Stars, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, for if sure. you look at the the East, it was definitely the Bruins, but the team that got the bad draw here was the Stars for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, now, before the qualifying round, your pick for Stanley Cup Finals was the St. Louis Blues going over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Are you revising that at all? Not changing the winner. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to say the Philadelphia Flyers. Ooh. And you're still saying the St. Louis Blues. I I picked my Avalanche to go over the Tampa Bay 
Lightning. I am going to not change my winner. I think that my Avalanche are going to win the Stanley Cup. I'm just throwing that out there. I believe that they are going to beat the Boston Bruins in the in the finals. Actually, I was going to I was I was ah, Colorado Carolina, I think is also on the table in in what would be one of the worst uh Markets slash jersey matchup probably since the first time the Avalanche won the <laughs> won the cup when it was them in Florida and it was just like uh, like that's a weird thing about the Avs like cup DVD is the Avs cup DVD starts with what a seven game series against Gino Ochik and the and the Vancouver Canucks and the Canucks are in those old uh, uh, Pavel Bure Trevor Linden uh, Kirk McLean nineties black black and yellow numbers. And then it's like, oh, tough six-game series against Roenick and Ed Belfour and the Flyer or, or in the and the Blackhawks and the and the Blackhawks are in the you know the the nice awesome uh, original six Blackhawks jerseys. And then it's like Steve Yzerman, Fedorov, the 19 other Russians because the Red Wings were basically the Soviet Union in 1996, right? In a, in a six-game series. And then you get to the Cup Finals. Hey, Tom Fitzgerald, John Van Beesrook in these ugly, ugly Panthers uniforms. Oh, look, there's palm trees. <laughs> like, uh, what are you going to do, though? Um, actually, I'm going to revise. I'm going to say uh, – because I picked the Jackets, too. So, yeah, I'm just going to say Colorado and Boston. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's all nonsense. I'm just going to pick Colorado to win the Cup and then whoever they face – Whatever. Um, crossover Podcast available at the crossoverpodcast.com, facebook.com slash crossoverpodcast, and soundcloud.com slash crossoverpodcast. We're on iTunes. Please rate and subscribe. Five stars only. And as always, you do not have to listen, but please download the Crossover Podcast. Uh, we're also on Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please check us out there and pump up our numbers. Um, I don't know when we're going to be back. I don't know if we'll have a pod next week. So it might be. We're on kind of a bi-weekly thing right now on the podcast. But um, I don't want to get into it with Craig now, but... The NFL is supposed to come back in a month, so hopefully uh, the two of us plus Bill will get to do our annual NFL stuff. Um, that will include a over-unders pod. I don't know what that's going to look like, though. That, that, you, that I'm, I'm a little bit worried that one of our my favorite podcasts of the year might be end up being one of the scariest podcasts that we end up talking about this year, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, so we might not have anything for next week. Uh, the week after that, though, uh, we will be doing wrestling because Mac will come on and, and uh, it'll be the week of SummerSlam. So Mac and I will talk uh, talk SummerSlam. And then after that, I would imagine Craig will be back to do the over-unders pod, which is uh, looking a little scary. So hopefully nothing goes wrong with the uh, NFL in the next three weeks that, uh, that we can still do the over-unders pod. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Craig Needles, thanks for doing this. Sorry about your Leafs. Sorry you didn't get the lottery. But, uh, you know, just hopefully we can come on and talk about some cool trade that the Leafs made in, in a couple of weeks or something like that. Yeah, hopefully we'll see. Yeah. It'll be it probably it probably won't be till October. We're gonna fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. Playoffs left, which true. is true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, take care. Uh, as always, it was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, we'll talk to you next time on the Crossover Podcast.